0: Welcome to the Spiritually Discerned Podcast with Jimmy Gear. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the Spiritually Discerned Podcast. Well, it's Afternoon where I am, you may be listening to this at any time, and I hope that whatever time you're listening to this, it'll find you well and serving the Lord and being blessed by His Word, and that's why we're here. Uh, We're here to do a number of things, uh, but basically to try to bless people with the Word of God and open it up to your understanding a little more, maybe give you some things to think about that you hadn't thought of before or reminders Um, What we do is important, uh, important work. And because of that, before we even begin today, I just want to ask if you've been listening faithfully to our podcast. First of all, very much appreciate that. And I pray that you'll continue to. Um, I would say that, um, you know, you could definitely write us if you have any questions. Maybe there's a message you've heard here lately that you have some questions about, or need some clarity about, or ha- or even if you have some thoughts of your own on that that we didn't get into. That's <laughs> extremely possible. Um, then then give us a uh, give us a note over at uh, spiritually podcast at gmail dot com and uh, let us know there. We appreciate your correspondence and. Um, If you have any suggested topics you'd like to see in the future, then feel free to do that there as well. Um, And uh, if you want to know how you can really, really help us going forward so that we can continue to do this podcast free of charge, and we're we're here to be a service to God's people and to those that are searching as well, um, one of the best things that you can do for us, maybe maybe the very best thing besides praying for us, is to uh, share these episodes with your friends, with your family, with people that you know, with, especially with people that are searching, uh, maybe searching for comfort or searching for answers or searching for God himself. Uh, would you share this uh, episode with them or any episodes that you think might be a help? That's the best thing that you can do for us besides, of course, praying for us. But in a real practical way, uh, we appreciate all that you do in support of this ministry. We can go forward and have influence for the Lord Jesus. Um, So definitely if you could share this, that's a big help. Another thing you could do, and it's kind of another step um, that we'd certainly appreciate, though, would be to write a review on whatever podcast you're on. These things help our exposure and it helps us to find new listeners. And that's really the desire is to reach as many people as we can and to find these listeners that are out there. And by leaving a review or uh, sharing this with with friends and people that you know um, it's kind of like the the new word of mouth type thing it really helps uh, the ministry ministry that we have so I just want to say that up front and appreciate everything that you do even if you just do listen we appreciate that as well well we're in Matthew chapter 13 today looking at two verses Um, we could read we could read more than that but we want to just read two verses today a parable that Jesus gave that's pretty familiar to a lot of people, but a lot of people have questions about what he actually meant in this. Um, And so I probably will put this under doctrinal difficulties to try to answer the question, why did Jesus put this parable like he did? Because it's kind of difficult for us to understand. It says, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and become of the tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And I think the main question that perhaps uh, would be entertained here as far as the difficulties of this is the idea of balancing this between uh, what is being said here and the desire to have, quote unquote, greater faith. And we all ask that question from time to time as believers. How can I have greater faith? And I think Jesus gives us a lesson here. Um, you know, he, Jesus had people come up to him and ask for greater faith. And um, this is just one example um, of, of the answer. Basically saying you don't need greater faith. If you have faith the side of, size of a mustard seed, then you have the faith that you need. This brings up all kinds of interesting avenues of thought. Um, and I love the parables because we can explore some of these things in, in great ways through the uh, metaphors that, that God uses here. Um, and there are plenty in, this, in these two little verses. But I guess I want to answer the question um, that Jesus gives here, which is, how can I have greater faith? How can I have greater faith? And we're going to use the mustard seed for this. Um, A few points with this. Number one, with the idea of the mustard seed and having greater faith, we must understand the dimensions of our faith, the dimensions of our faith. And the mustard seed is called there the, the smallest of seeds. And basically what he was saying, this was not a horticultural uh, lesson exactly that Jesus was given, but basically he was saying that of, of the seeds that the farmers in Judea planted at that time, the mustard seed was the smallest. And uh, so... Like I said at the introduction, it's not really the size of your faith that determines what you do. And that's what I mean when we talk about the dimensions of our faith. Immediately you may think, well, that doesn't sound right. But that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. Um, And so under the dimensions of our faith, let's recognize first of all, to reassess the value of humility. To reassess the value of humility. And that's the way God works. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, the, the little things, the small things, uh, in great ways. And we need to reassess the value of humility when it comes to our faith, uh, especially in our outlook. Christianity is about humble beginnings. It's not just the circumstances of our faith's foundation. It's the very essence of our faith. And Jesus proved this himself in the incarnation. The whole the whole, uh Idea of the incarnation was surrounded with humility. If you look at the Christmas story, what we call the Christmas story about the incarnation, um, Jesus came in such humility, and he didn't just do that because it was neat. He did that to uh, give us a lesson about how we're supposed to live our lives. And even when it comes to faith, if you think about it, if we get elevated in ourselves, we can we can perceive that as being faith. We can put the emphasis on faith on ourselves and say. Oh, you know what? If if I'm just gonna I'm just gonna believe this and it's gonna happen, and unfortunately, that uh, that pride will also, will bring us down, and we will we will struggle or stumble in our faith if we really think that the faith is whatever we conjure up in our own mind. Um, but Christ teaches about humility even when it comes to faith. Uh, Philippians two five says, "Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God." Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And look, if that's the way that Jesus lived his life and accomplished his great purposes for us, who are we to think that we're better than that? If we operate in a state of humility... And that is full dependence upon God. And that's where God can work. That's where faith works is when our dependence is not on ourselves, not in our in our boasting of what we can do through our quote unquote great faith. But when we rely fully upon God, that's how faith is exercised to its fullest state. So we need to understand and reassess humility in our outlook. And we can do this by imitation of Christ in the most sincere way possible. Um, we, must, we must reassess the value of humility in our outlook, and we must reassess the value of humility in our outreach as well. Um, outreach is only effective if we are humble servants of God. We're ambassadors. Um, we are the, we're the link between God and man. And we cannot come in haughtiness of spirit or an air of superiority and expect to reach people. Um, And the verse I kind of hinted at a a while before is what I'm going to read right now. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29, which says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty, and base things of the world, and things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things which are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Jesus even said that he sent forth his disciples as sheep among the wolves, that we are to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. So what kind of ministry are we promoting in our evangelism? Do we approach people as if we're on a higher plane and we're um, you know, superior and we're trying to get them to where we are in a superior way? The, in a sense, we are trying to get them to where we're at, but we can never lose sight of the grace of God that made it possible for us to be where we're at. And it's not because of works of righteousness that we have done. It's by the grace of God shed upon us. And that's the, that's the dimensions of the faith that I want to talk about in light of the mustard seed. The, the mustard seed is, is a humble seed. It's small. It's, uh, it, it almost appears irrelevant. But that brings us to our second point. Because we're not just going to leave it there and say that, oh, we're irrelevant and don't count. That's not the point. Humility is the starting place. That's the dimensions of our faith. But what about the development of our faith? In the mustard seed, you see great development take place once it's planted and watered and begins to grow. And it says there in our text that when it is grown, when it grows and when it's grown, which is a process, then it becomes something that is the greatest among herbs in a tree. So this tree comes out of this little mustard grain. The development of our faith. Faith and its development in our lives is a process. In other words, faith requires a long-term commitment and a long-range vision. Both of those things working together. We have to have the vision, but we have to have the work behind the vision as well. A lot of times we do have a vision, and then when we don't see results right away, we give up we can't do that. We have to have a long-range commitment and vision to what God has called us to do. And we don't always measure these things in the way that man measures them. We measure them and are successed by obedience to God, by humility, and by discerning and doing His will. So this is a process. The idea of becoming here is the idea of emerging. It signifies a change of condition, state, or Place. It's a process. The development of our faith also can be painful. In John twelve, twenty four, Jesus said, Verily, verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So with seeds there has to be a brokenness that takes place. That goes back to humility again. There's humility in the in the um, dimensions of our faith and the origins, but there's also humility that comes in the development of our faith. This is a process that takes humility, that takes brokenness, that takes adjustment, that takes an honest view of ourselves and making the alterations that are necessary in order to keep following God. And that's how growth takes place. Growth is change and change must be accepted by willing participants, not those that rigidly adhere to the traditions or maybe even the false teachings that they had received at an earlier time. It's a process and it can be painful. And then the third thing I want to say with the development of our faith is that it does involve preparation. The ground has to be prepared to receive the seed. Uh, Even the mustard seed, as small as it was, had to have ground that was prepared for it. Like the disciples, we ask God to increase our faith in order to accomplish something great for Him. But have we done the unremarkable, daily, unglorious things? God is looking for servants. God is looking for willing servants who are willing to put their hand to the plow and not look back. He, and that takes humility, that takes availability. He who will accomplish the miraculous must first attend to the mundane. And that's what faith is all about. A lot of times we like to think of faith as, as the result, you know. Uh, I showed faith, I believed, and look what happened. But what about the process? What about the, the days of, of sowing that comes well before the harvest is ever enjoy, enjoyed? We must be the people that Jesus describes in Matthew twenty five twenty one when he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, Thou hast been faithful over a few things, or little things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Does that verse not harken back here to the mustard seed faith that we're talking about today? Or we could go to 2 Timothy 2, 3, 5, and 6, when Paul was ministering to that young pastor, Timothy, and he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and if a man strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. You see there the hardness of the way many times and, and the preparation that comes for an athlete. You know, you're not crowned on day one. You're crowned after months and maybe even years, many times, many times, years of practice, of of, you know, Swim in those laps when there's no crowds there to cheer you on. Uh, Batting practice when you're alone with a machine or whatever the case may be. The development of our faith is such a critical stage. And many times it's in that development stage when God is working on us and trying to create something in us that will produce that fruit later on that we fail. You know. Preachers uh, have to study the word of God before they can ever get up and speak. And they have to spend years of that study before, the, before that they can be used in some ways. Uh, as churches and as Christians, we're constantly focusing on the externals instead of the eternal. The things that we can see instead of that which cannot be seen. And in the great equation, and the great weight of things, the things that can't be seen are the most important things. But we look at our world around us, what we can see. And that includes our failures. That includes the things that we see when we fail to achieve the goals that we've set for ourselves, and so on and so forth. If we're in the will of God, if we're doing the will of God, and we're doing it wisely, and we're listening to his voice, and we're obeying that that voice, then, then we must leave the results up to God. And you're truly successful if you can meet those standards that God has put upon us. Matthew 633 says, Seek ye first, and I would say primarily and ultimately, the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? All that's needed for your life to be fruitful for the Lord. The dimensions of our faith and the development of our faith is so important. But let me bring you to a third thing, and that is the distinctiveness of our faith. And we see in this parable that Jesus gives that he, he describes the mustard seed as being distinct. It's the greatest among herbs. Among, you know, there are many different kinds of seeds. But he says the mustard seed is unique. And why is it particularly unique? Because it is so small. And, you know, if just a person is, is humble In our day and age especially, if they don't seek the credit, if they don't seek the limelight, if they don't seek necessarily the physical rewards that this life sometimes offers, then they are the greatest among these quote-unquote herbs that live on this earth. Man can do more with a humble person that's available available to him than you do with a hundred of the most talented or able-bodied people. Think about the trees in the Bible. The Garden of Eden, that's probably the most famous one, perhaps, with the Tree of Life. Genesis 2.9 describes that. It was a distinct tree. It was in, as it's described there in Genesis, in the midst of the Garden of Eden, kind of highlighted there. And then we see the Tree of Calvary that was highlighted, uh, placed in the middle of the two criminals. They're in the center. The tree of life in Revelation twenty-two-two also is described as being in the middle of the street of gold with its branches looming out. What's my point? Distinctiveness. Distinctiveness. And it is what makes us different from the world that makes the difference in the world. If we're just like the world, we will not achieve anything other than what the world already achieves. We will just continue to contribute to their, their, their false ways. As Christians, we must be distinct. We must stand out. We must be a light, as the Bible describes, a city set on the hill that cannot be hid. I'm talking about distinctiveness. Your distinctiveness is what's going to make the difference. People that are condemned and dying and lost and 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 brokenhearted are not looking for more of the same. They're looking for something different, even if they don't know that or readily admitted at the time. And then number four, and this is where I'll stop today on these verses. We're talking about faith. And we must notice also the detractors of our faith. And that's represented here by the birds of the air. You know, once God does use you, you're going to be exposed. The The little mustard seed in the ground cannot be seen by anyone. It's unnoticed and unremarkable and therefore considered a non threat to the world. But once that tree blooms out of that little seed, now it's noticeable that distinctiveness has brought it maybe even a notoriety to some. And so the detractors will come. Isn't that something? People don't care about the work that we do or the influence that we have when it's unseen, but when when we become seen, that's when we become a target. And the birds of the air there in, in the parable really are describing um, the devil. And we could say his children could be little birds as well. Uh, the, the, the devil comes and, and, and the, the birds, as the birds come and nest in the tree. These are the enemies of seed sowing. And, and you, you know this is true because of the other parable that Jesus gave about the sower and the seed. And how some of the seed he scattered got snatched up by the birds. And, and, and he gives the interpretation of this and he describes the bird as the devil who'll come along and steal the little seed before it has a chance to be planted. Well, if that seed does plant and grow into a tree, then the devil will come along then as well and try to distract people from from accepting what God gives through you, through his word that you're trying to get out. He'll also try to destroy our lives as well. Try to destroy what we're doing and destroy even ourselves. If he, if he could have, birds will try to stop the process from even beginning, but they'll also come back once the seed is full grown. So we have to be on guard throughout the whole process. We have to watch out for uh, deceitfulness and discouragement when that seed is being planted. We have to, we have to watch for discouragement and this desire of giving up during the process of it growing. Give it time to grow. But even then when it grows and we've, we've become kind of a spectacle of sorts, then we have to watch out for pride. The little seed doesn't take pride in its appearance, but the tree does. You know, people don't go sightseeing for seeds, but people will go to the forest and look at trees. And down there in California in the National Redwood Forest, people even drive through the trees and marvel at their size and their strength and their majesty. And if we're not careful, we can let that go to our head. Your visibility will increase with your value. In other words, you will become more and more of a target, that city that is set on the hill that cannot be hid. The idea of lodging in the branches there in verse 32, how the birds will come and lodge in the branches. The word is the idea of camping out or even haunting, you know, just just lingering. Uh, Your branches have to be strong. Your tree has to be strong. Um, You have to be strong in the faith. And I think about lodgers aside from the fact that the the birds that represent the devil, but even the devil's children are like lodgers. And there are a lot of people that come through our life that, if you ever watch a bird, some of them make their nest in the tree and some of them just sit on the tree for a while then fly off after they kind of watch things. Well, there are a lot of people that will come and camp out in our lives and they'll they'll be a distraction to us. And in our churches even, they will come and linger for a while and they'll be a distraction and they may take more than they give. Um, people who slowly disappear from church are those who are not involved. They're not involved in this faith pro- uh, process. They don't have little seeds of their own that they're trying to cultivate. Yes, those who disappear from church are those who are not involved. And those who aren't involved do not become invested. And those that who aren't invested are ineffective. See, this is a process. This takes time. But it also takes a great amount of commitment and courage and conviction. And those birds just don't have that. So don't look for these birds uh, to give you your encouragement. Seek your encouragement from the Lord and from his word. And if we do seek our blessings from God and our walk with God is close and we we stay grounded in his word, then we will go through the process. Our faith will be strengthened and our influence for Christ, though it may not be measured by man's means and his methodologies, will nonetheless produce fruit and rewards and results that God will be well pleased in. Thank you so much for listening to this short little time we had together. Please pray for this ministry as we continue to minister the, the word of God. And again, share this episode with someone who needs it today. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week until we talk again.